You're a holiday powerhouse. You host the dinners, shovel neighbors' sidewalks, and make everything from scratch. You definitely don't need help making the holidays happen. But Dunkin's Holiday Blend Coffee? A warming medium roast complete with sweet notes of dried fruit and molasses. Or a cranberry orange muffin made with real cranberries just might convince you a little help never hurt. Especially the hot caffeinated kind. America runs on Duncan. Present participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-up bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIOSB, you'll be all set for when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams and all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIOSB. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio on one Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Portman for up next slash yes the slash uh, forever young we review NXT WWE NXT and WWE May Young Classic uh, we will be doing so until the May Young Classic 2018 is over and finishes at WWE Evolution the all women's the first ever all women pay-per-view in October later this month next month so be on the lookout for that Davey how are you doing today, sir? I'm good, thank you. I just want to say that, unfortunately, we were meant to be joined by Dahlia Black again this week, but um, unfortunately, she had to pull out last minute, so she sends her apologies, but hopefully we'll have her back in the future. Um, I'm good. I couldn't sleep at all last night, but I'm surprisingly quite perky. Chipper? Yeah. So, you, uh, you just stayed up and watched wrestling all night? I pretty much did, yeah. So, I know why you didn't sleep. Why is that? I know why you didn't Because I was terrified. You were so <laughs> scared because last night we went and saw The Nun. Dun-dun-dun. Oh. Oh. Um, the Nun, the biggest scary movie this year, uh, next to Halloween that's coming mm. out soon. We have to go see that. We saw it. Um, thoughts? <laughs> Me and you... Uh, we are scary movie fans. Yeah. You, you know, you're a big, huge movie fan. I like certain movies, and scary movies are the type I do like to see. They make me feel alive. Yeah, and I've enjoyed the whole Conjuring series. Yeah, the and two Conjuring movies were really good, I thought. And I think, was it the second Annabelle film was alright? The first one was pretty shitty. I don't really like the Annabelle ones. Uh, but, but now I thought this was pretty terrible. <laughs> this one was super entertaining, like, I enjoyed it. I think I got my money's worth, like, the $13 I, I paid. But it was not, by any means, a good movie. I I find 
horror films are the easiest shit films to watch. Like, if I see a really bad horror film, I still kind of enjoy it. Whereas if I watch, like, a bad comedy, I'm like, this isn't funny. Yeah, I hate it. Fair. If I see a bad drama, it is so boring. Sure. Whereas horror films, I'm like, this is pretty terrible. There was, but, there was parts where we were laughing in the theatre. The thing is, I didn't understand. So, it, you've got... Uh, this girl who's, um, what are they called? Well, she's a, I think it, is it a postulate? Like before they're a nun, she's like a nun in training and she's from, NIT. she's from England, but I don't know what accent she had. And then you had the priest who was sent, I don't know where he was meant to be from, but he basically sounded like Michael Fassbender in first class, you know, where he has that Irish, German, American accent where you don't know where he's meant to be. And then the other main character was French Canadian. Yes, there is and a French sounded, Canadian. Sounded English. He didn't sound like Sami Zayn at all. No, he he was like, oh yeah, all right, yeah, my name's Frenchy, yeah, <laughs> and he sounded more English than the girl who's meant to be from England, who I don't know what kind of accent. I don't know. Um, the movie itself is like based on like the uh, Midiville, the the researchers, the Conjuring people. And then they made movies off that that they they claim quote unquote based on true stories. So it's based, uh, based on, on like events. The, sorry, yeah, kind of their cases. Their their cases that they they did of paranormal and things. In the Conjuring Two, there's this um, being this painting that um, the oh what's uh, what's the actor's name Patrick someone. The painting is comes alive or something. Yeah, blanks on his name, um, but yeah, the the main guy in Conjuring. And Conjuring 2, he's kind of getting possessed by this nun that's in this And that was like the scariest part of that movie. Yeah. Like, people came out of that movie, and it kind of became a pop culture thing because people were dressing up as this for, like, Halloween. Yes, uh, a few days ago, um, on Tuesday night, I was walking downtown Toronto, and I heard this, this woman just scream at a huge, busy intersection in the evening. And I turned around, and everyone looked. And it's because these guys had been dressed up in the nun <laughs> outfits with the face paint nice. and all this stuff to go see the movie, I'm assuming. But I, I thought it was a good spin-off. So yeah, this was meant to be like the backstory of it. So yeah. it was set um it was set like a few centuries ago. The fifties or something? I don't or know. Or was it yeah, I, I it wasn't clear. It wasn't like, that great to be honest. Um it was pretty bad. It wasn't very scary. It had um, its jump scares. Like can you it, did it even have that like it had the jump scares, but it, it was they definitely came, a, a like, weaker, scary movie. Yeah, I just thought it was it was badly acted. It felt it felt like they were all acting in like a school play. <laughs> it was great. Um, I it, I was entertained. Like it made I would definitely uh, watch it again when it comes out on Netflix years later or damn. your gas station DVD bins or whatever. But uh, I I enjoyed it. I thought it was about an hour and a half to two hours of just ridiculousness yeah um i just thought i'd seen it all before yes um, yes go let's go to romania in the deep deep woods in the mountains where there's a church and then we have to figure out why there's nuns and there's like, evil horrors beings. moving on and horror movies have moved like on. they've evolved get out and it follows and like it follows is one of my favorites yeah, yeah me too and they're trying new things and i i found um like Nuns the Conjuring scary. and Insidious and was it Sinister? They're all doing things. I didn't like the Insidious ones as much really? as the. Oh conjuring. no, I like them. I, but I feel they're doing stuff we've seen before, but they 
they do it in a unique way. Whereas this is clearly like just a guy, in the, the kind of suit. budget director doing a budget spin-off like as a cash grab. There, was, it, it's totally a cash grab, and I think it worked. There's probably going to be five more nun movies oh, after probably. this, uh, but I I still enjoyed it. It wasn't the scariest movie I've seen. Uh, but I don't know. Horror movies for me took a dive this year. I haven't seen anything new that's like I, I didn't see Hereditary or whatever. Hereditary was really good. I skipped that one, but um, did you see? Uh, I think this was last year actually. Um, Mother, did you see that? I don't know whether you'd class that as horror. or Yeah, what, it but was. That was it was you know, Darren weird. Yeah, yeah. Film. Um, was it? And, yeah, it was Darren. And, and then there was the one everyone was talking about, The Witch. Um, which, I haven't seen that yet. Which gets a really mixed reaction because it's supposed to be a horror movie, but really, it's more of a psychological kind of thing. There's not really much things going on in it. I was right. really bored with that movie. Oh, okay. but, and a lot of people might give me heat for that because the people regard it as really good. Yeah. But, or what about the, uh, the Babadook? People love that one as well. Uh, <laughs> I, I, enjoyed, I, I enjoyed I I liked that. it, but it wasn't, like, uh, it wasn't one of my... like. Um, favorites, but I know but I need Babadook to see. Babadook is out and proud, and we should support him. The Babadook? Yeah. I don't. I don't know. You don't. He's like um, gay pride, like emblem now. The Babadook. The Babadook. The creature yeah. from the movie. He he wears hats and is flamboyant <laughs> and loves drama. Like <laughs> it's it's Google it. Like he's on on Netflix. The Babadook is under like um, like LGBTQ. Oh, uh, wow. I had, okay, I had no yeah. idea. Uh, well, shout out to Babadook. Yeah, then. Um, good for him. Um, <laughs> I wasn't a huge fan of that movie, but uh, I'll go back and watch it again uh, during Pride Week. But it's Halloween almost, so I'm going to have to start. I, I want to see the new Halloween. I, I definitely want to see maybe see the that. new Predators just because it's ridiculous. So Slenderman's still on. Let's keep up the run of just terrible films. Terrible. I think that's going to be worse than... Is it ever? It's already come out. It's probably oh, it's out. It's I, out. I saw yesterday. It's still in theaters. Oh, so. well, well, I enjoy scary movies because sometimes they 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 actually scare you and make you feel alive for about two seconds. But then most of the time you're like laughing at the kind of like stupidness that they are. Yeah, kind of kind of. It's like watching WWE. You just gotta check out and just take yeah. it what it is. Sure, and then enjoy it. Um, what but, else is new? Your uh, your room is finally tidy. Where where we record in, it's normally a mess, and I like struggle finding a, a place to sit. But uh, I usually I think... throw my wrestling T-shirts all over the floor. Yes, yeah. Um, I put up some new posters. Got a Frankenstein poster. Got a Nightmare Before uh, Nightmare Before Nightmare on Elm Street uh, poster. I got my little home studio set up. It's looking nice. I'm proud of um, you. I'm a pretty messy person, but so is Albert Einstein. So you know, it's fine. I'm happy with it. Sure. <laughs> um, what about you? How are you? Other than I, I'm good. Uh, Tiff's over, so work is like crazy quiet now. It's one extreme to the next, right? Um, but it's nice. I think everyone needs like a chilled week. Uh, my dad comes tomorrow, so we're gonna have a Your guest dad, at yes. the BDE for a week. The BDE, uh, the Braden David experience, is going to have a visitor staying with us. Your father. Uh, your papa. Yeah. Um, for how long? A week? For a week, yeah. Oh boy. So, gonna take him to a Leafs game, because wow. it's pre-season now. Gonna take him to a Jays game. Whoa. Uh, hopefully, if it's nice enough, go to the island, but it started to get quite cloudy and uh, stuff. I don't know if his flight will be delayed, because like, his flight's meant to land at the time we have like a big storm tomorrow. Oh, damn. So, uh, 
he might be a little delayed, which is good because it gives me more time to clean tidy. I, I shouldn't say it's good. That like sucks for my dad. But like, yes, yes, um, true. yeah. I I need to tidy. I'm scared well. your dad and me won't get along. But I think oh, you won't. won't. Uh, he'll hate you. <laughs> he'll think you're a bad influence and messy and. You're gonna gross. put all the blame on the bad things onto yeah. me. Like oh, it'll be like in Friends, you know where. Um, Ross and Monica's parents hate Chandler because all the things like Ross did wrong, like he Chandler would, would take the blame Chandler. for. Yeah. So that's what secretly your dad's gonna come over and be like, "Oh, there's your roommate, the guy who leaves all the beer cans and yeah. everywhere." Or <laughs> all cool, the... wash a dish once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't wait uh, to. to meet but no, yeah, father. it should be good, and we'll be we'll have to watch all of like NXT and stuff. We'll get him. some next, next week. I'm sure he'll like the May Young Classic. <laughs> Uh, we'll get, we'll get him in, uh, maybe I have a, uh, like a little, little corner area where he can come in on the show and discuss what he thinks about Yeah, uh, dad's thoughts. Dad. Uh, a new, a new feature for next week's show. <laughs> All right, um, we'll do and that. speaking of new features, we're going to try something out this week. Well, I'm going to try something out this week. Um. What's that? Well, 205 Live has moved to Wednesdays. Oh, and I haven't known, I haven't noticed that. We've had quite a lot of tweets asking if we're going to cover it or not. And I can't promise we'll cover it every week, especially, as I said, next week, my dad's here, so it might not be possible. Uh, but when we have time, which, um, as I said, I couldn't sleep at all last night, so I just, I just watched uh, wrestling. So um, we will cover it every now and then, but as a suggestion from uh, listener and friend and future guest of the BDE, Mike Hogan, he said, how about you cover... 205 live in 205 seconds okay so that sounds like a good that's idea. my challenge for today because the show's quite long we've got may young classic right nxt and us just bullshitting as well that's most of the so, show so uh we don't want it to be too long two or so five seconds is we'll a long keep time. it in three minutes 25 seconds the recap of what of 205 but you so that's two two or five seconds it's three minutes 25 that's how long your review is? Yeah, I will try. Okay. Yeah? Go for it. Oh. I didn't I didn't watch 205 Live. You didn't. So. I saw the clip of Cedric giving a crazy suplex spot. Hey, well, I'll get to that. Oh, sorry, sorry. No, it was good. Uh, all right, so... Um, Do I, like, time you? Oh, I'm, I'm going to time myself. All right, all right. you time really, oh, you, I've got to restart the clock now. Yeah. Um, okay, so 205 starts with a recap of... Uh, the whole feud of Drew Gulak versus Cedric Alexander. Um, I haven't. I didn't even make it to the pre-show for SummerSlam, so I'm kind of unaware of what's going on, and I've wow. not watched 205 for a while. But it, it sold the story really well. It shows the recap of their match from SummerSlam, um, and Gulak saying that uh, Cedric was outmatched, outclassed, outstrategized, but basically threw a Hail Mary and uh, got lucky. So he deserves another shot. And it shows him going back and forth with Drake Maverick, saying his shot's denied and he's got to prove himself. So he did prove himself and gets that title match. Um, but there's loads of beatdowns from kind of him and Brian Kendrick and Jack Gallagher who have the advantage on Cedric. The show starts with TJP, uh, John's favourite, against Lindsay Dorado uh, with the Lucha House Party in uh, his corner. Um... It says Dorado has been battling with a thumb injury recently, so obviously the whole match is him doing handsprings and cartwheels and flips off of his thumb. 
there's a big arm drag and drop kick from Dorado. Uh, TJP hits a leg scissors and tells Dorado to stay down. He's getting him in his face throughout the whole match. Uh, Dorado hits a hurricanrana, followed by a tilt-a-whirl backbreaker. Uh, TJP gains the advantage and locks in a few submissions in the ropes, like uh, making the most of the five count he has. Uh, Dorado misses a crossbody off of the top, and TJP follows up with like a Pentagon Junior style arm breaker. Um, TJP works away at the wrist of Dorado, but he manages to break free and hits a springboard springboard forearm. Uh, there's a massive slap to the chest of TJP, which sounded really nasty. Um, Harukarana followed by Tope Suicida to Dor from Dorado. Moonsault to TJP, but only a two count. TJP then grabs the mask, pulls it off of Dorado. <gasps> Big heel move, rolls him up for the three count. Um, I, I thought this was a pretty good match. Um, kicked off the show well. I like just simple things like Pulling a mask off, it's big heat. I don't know why he's got this beef with the mask, but it makes TJP seem like a dick. Yes. Um, we then see Leo Rush uh, is summoned by Drake Maverick. Uh, Leo says he can't face Noam Dar because of his commitments on Raw. Huh. And Drake says, look, you can sing with Elias, play jumping jacks with Kevin Owens, but you must face no Noam Dar next week or there will be consequences. Uh, Mustafa Ali then gets called in and asks for the green light to face Hideo Itami. Uh, Maverick says, um, sure, I'm running out of time. Cruiserweight Championship. Uh, Gulak has uh, Kendrick and Gallagher in his corner. There's a lot of let's go Kendrick, uh, Cedric chants. Um, back and forth throughout the whole match. Really hard hitting. A lot of headlocks and grounding of Alexander. We then get into this crazy suplex from Cedric to the outside of the ring. Uh, where both land on their feet and then hits another suplex. We're getting slaps and drop kicks and forearms back and forth. Gulak locks in and time's up. So that's 205 Live. Wow, wait, I don't know what happened. <laughs> You'll have to watch it. No! <laughs> did Gulak win or not? Um, Gulak uh, did not win. Oh. Um, it was, I spent too much time at the beginning there. So it's a learning curve. But no, excellent episode of 205 Live, I thought. Um, I don't know. Do, pe are people, do people watch it as much as it we It seems do, like we people are. Like, I haven't been watching it for right. a while. I've seen some of matches that people, like, shout out. Like, there was hey, that Buddy Murphy yeah, uh, like, one. There's and a few, a lot of uh, Mustafa Ali matches, to be honest. Every time I see someone talking about it. It seems so. like, to me, they've... Um, He's pretty great. They're eliminating a lot of the cheesy good with it good. which is good and just two matches like this this main event went on for 20 right. uh, 25 minutes I will I will go through the rest of the match because it, it was fantastic um, so yeah they hit this crazy um, suplex to the outside um, and then really milked the 10 count so they both made it in on the 9 count uh, Cedric then fires up with drop kicks and a kick to the face in the corner um, he goes for a Lombard check, but it gets counted into a two count. Um, Gulak then locks into Gulak. He locks it in three times in the match. Each time it's looking more deadly and Cedric's like looking like he's close to tapping out. Um, earlier in the match, Kendrick and Gallagher gets sent to the back because they kept on interfering. Cheeky. Um, yeah. Um, Gulak then, they sell because, you know, he has this no-fly zone thing. Yes. Uh, he goes to the top rope and hits a flying clothesline. Ooh. So they're saying Gulak's 
having to break his own rules to try and beat Cedric. Um, eventually, at the end, there's this sequence with, like, they're both slapping the shit out of each other. And then uh, Cedric hits a spinning back elbow into a Lombard check for the three count. It then shows Buddy Murphy in the back watching it and saying that it was impressive, but everything will come crashing down at Cedric's feet in Melbourne, Australia, his hometown. He'll be the Cruiserweight champion and 205 Live will be his. The, that match sounds great. It was really good. I felt um, it's one of those matches would go over so much better in a full sale crowd. But the crowd weren't completely checked out. They right. were getting behind Alexander. Um, I think there's something I'm going to mention in the Dunn match later where a lot of these headlocks and grounding and wearing down are so boring a lot of the time. Right. And I feel, especially in the cruiserweights where you've got to win over the crowd more anyway, I don't like seeing it. Right. Like, I get it's Gulak style and I really like Gulak. Yeah, I don't like I'm it like, this is a 25-minute match. Um with a an audience who aren't there to see you. Exactly. Um, and somehow Dunn manages to do those moves, but it, it's they all look so painful that you're invested. It never looks like a rest hold with him. I just, like, I feel like the 205 thing just was kind of a weird, mis- not a mistake, but just a strange idea in the beginning when they first launched it. Yeah. And they just keep trying to keep trying to keep it going. Yeah. But it's just like, uh, I don't know. Uh, for me, I, I I always say I like wrestling because of the match quality. I like watching actual matches, and the cruiserweight matches are always like. Even when I was a kid, they were my favorite stuff. Yeah. I grew up watching Rey Mysterio like all the time. I would study old WCW, ECW, cruiserweight, lucha stuff. All that stuff is my favorite, and even I am not watching two or five lives. So it's like, I don't know. Yeah, and however, like the, the thing is, there is so much, and there's so much wrestling anyway. So if you um, if you do watch it, let it let us know. But I I actually really enjoyed this. I didn't regret watching it right. um i failed my challenge week one already That's okay uh but that was because it was a really good show i thought there was a lot to talk about um and i think cedric versus buddy murphy happening in australia is a cool like he's an aussie it's, he it's he's a great idea like because yeah. the crowd are gonna be behind he I, right he's probably the only aussie on the card like yeah like well you've got the iconics but yeah yeah, yeah. other than that like i he's, think he's the only one with a booked match so the crowd should be super behind him. I think they and should. It, they should put the, the the match not in the beginning of the card or whatever. They should kind of put it a little more towards the middle and kind of get the crowd into it. I'd say he should win. I think I think he will win. Yeah. Um, I yeah. Get some news over in in Aussie. That arena is crazy big. It's a cool arena. Yeah, it looks yeah, huge. So. Um. Well, that was two oh five live in exactly two oh five seconds. Wow. Two oh five plus maybe another two oh five, but. Uh, we'll get there. Sure. I'll, I've got to be more concise. Yeah, you got to pick. You got to not mention Brian Kendrick and Jack Gallagher, and then that's why you I keep on going. Say like Kendrick Lamar every time I I see it. Your in favorite notes, yeah. Rap sensation. Rap, rap uh. sensation. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about the show everyone wants to hear us talk about, and that is NXT. No, Alright, NXT from September 19th, 2018, Full Sail University, Davey, tonight is the night, champion versus champion, title versus title, it's a big one. It's being billed as the biggest match in WWE NXT TV history. It is? It's pretty big. It's, it's title pretty good. title. Yeah, and that is happening tonight, Ricochet, Pete Dunne, 
It is one of the two matches here tonight. We will get into it. Um, oh, I guess three matches. I forgot one of them happened. Um, we start off the show with Dakota Kai and Deanna Perrazzo against Aaliyah and Lacey Evans. Now, this all, this match is happening because of a backstage uh, incident that happened, was it last week or the week prior? Last, last week, week yeah. with all four of these women. And um, we all know here in NXT, when things go down at full sail backstage, it usually leads to a match. And that's exactly what happened. Um, the Fujiwara armbar uh, shows its face early on in this match from Deanna Perrazzo, the, the master of the Fujiwara armbar. Um, Aaliyah here is gaining uh, advantage, and they're basically just uh, uh, double-teaming on Perrazzo here, and Aaliyah just starts screaming, uh, like literally just screaming in the face of Gianna Perrazzo. Uh, you noticed that Aaliyah was not wearing uh, Versace. <laughs> she was not wearing Versace, but what was she wearing? She's wearing Burberry. Right. Uh, I think her character is slowly becoming Carmella. Oh, yeah. She's completely channeling Carmella, the... Like, the way she dresses, the screaming in the face. Yeah. Just like, I don't know if that's her choice or what. She saw what's working and is just doing it herself, but she feels like Carmella Light. And to think I'm pretty sure Carmella started like a good year or so after Aaliyah. Like, fair. Yeah. Uh, Carmella has really come into her own, though. She has. Completely. I, I hated her at NXT. But I'm just. Aaliyah's been there forever and. She. This is probably the best she's been, but it's doing someone else who's on the roster as well. Like, well, <clears throat> they continue to beat up on Deanna here. Uh, Dakota is not able to get in, get making the hot tag. But finally, the hot tag is made, and Dakota Kai comes in. She hits a series of these crazy kicks because she's in fact the leader of Team Kick, whatever that means. And does this like backwards, weird, flippy kick things. They're really impressive. They're really cool looking, actually. She's really good at kicking. Uh, hits her face washes, <coughs> the haluva kicks in the corner, if you still want to call that. Um, she goes for an O'Connor roll on Aaliyah, but somehow Aaliyah makes a tag. <coughs> and the, uh, uh, um, who is it? Uh, Dakota doesn't realize that Aaliyah made a blind tag to Lacey Evans. So while hitting the O'Connor roll, Lacey Evans hits Dakota with the women's right and pins her right then and there. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't remember the last time I, Aaliyah won a match. Has she ever won a match? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know either. Uh, so she didn't get the pin, but she definitely uh, it was on the winning team. They seem really high up on Lacey Evans. Um, throughout the whole match, they were selling on commentary the women's right, the women's right, the women's right. And, and then sure enough, the finish was the women's right. Yes. Um, I can see her being someone they call up to the main roster kind of early. Um, mess her up. Yeah, I just feel like it's a character. Uh, Vince likes characters. Um I think there are way better. All the American wrestling up. fans watching WWE week to week would love to see Lacey Evans. I'm sure on TV, but the character itself just is like still kind of cheesy. It needs to like evolve. It is. I think she's. I think she's looking better and better in the ring Agreed. each week. Um, but yeah, it feels. It feels odd. Like I, there's being inspired by. Like those women from the past, right? Like making it inspire you, but be. Still a, a woman in 2018 yes, with influences yes. from that. And there's 
a woman who's time traveled from the past and is stuck that's in 2018. She, that's what she. And did. it kind of feels like that. Um, well, yeah, I'm not. I'm not really big on her, but I feel like she she is getting better, and she does have like regardless of like her gimmick outfit and stuff, like she has a good look. For like wrestling, like she's a good size. She's yeah, a bit bigger yeah. as well. Like she's, she's strong athletic. She knows and what athletic. She's doing. Yeah. yeah, I just feel like the character is what's holding her back. Um, hopefully, uh, we get to. S- I, I want to see it evolve. A characters in wrestling always move forward, and I feel like she needs to do that. Uh, and maybe she will. We go backstage, and the Velveteen Dream is being interviewed. Uh, there's a whole series of people with their NXT microphones and iPhones asking Dream questions. Probably Dan Matha says, uh, Dream, you know, wh- what have you done? Wh- what's going on with you? Because he has beaten the, the, the hero of NXT, Johnny Wrestling. Dream says, I've beaten Johnny Failure. I've done more things than him. I'm on to, to bigger and better things. And then someone asks Dream, yeah, Dream, that's cool. But do you know who attacked Aleister Black? And the dream gets a little upset. He says, you get a chance to interview the dream and you ask that. Huh. And he walks off and leaves the interview. Obviously, dream is hiding something here in this investigation of who attacked Aleister Black. Um, I do not think the dream is involved in that, but it's pretty fishy if you ask me. What do you think of the dream walking out of an interview? Um... It's just his character all over. <laughs> he he didn't do it. It was Champa. Um, the Street Profits. They are uh, back with season two of their their show on their net. What were they? The people filming it with their iPhones and every tag team here just films themselves with their iPhones. It's fine. However, they have someone like basically asking them, talking to them uh, from their from the camera point of view on the iPhone so it's a little more this is cool I, I would prefer it like this um, and the girl I quickly the, the voice here says uh, y'all are coming back from the the court they're walking around with their basketballs they're all sweaty they were just clearly playing some basketball uh, out late in Orlando and uh, she said who won who won on the court and they go girl you you don't even gotta ask that you already know you already know you already know who won she says hey uh, you know the mighty they took your chains and it got you guys really upset. Why did you get so mad? And they say, it's just chains. And they said, just chains. No, no, no. These ain't just chains. They're, they're part of our, our, our history, our legacy, where we come from and who we are and all these sort of things. He says, the mighty, they need to come over. We're going to show them. We're going to show them who's boss. They get in the car and they drive off. I would like to point out that Montez Ford is wearing a Bel Air University uh, jersey. Nice. So, uh, obviously a huge fan of Fresh Prince is Montez Ford. Completely. Yeah. 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 Right. Got you. Uh, I like, I like that. I like, I've been enjoying the, the ones with Dozovich and, uh, Tucker Knight, but I feel like the Street Profits, like I, 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 we watched this together and you were like, I don't know what they just said. <laughs> You're like, what are they talking about? Ball, the court, with the chains? And I'm like sitting here like, oh, I understand what they're talking about. I was pretty tired <laughs> Yeah. <as well. laughs> um, these, these like iPhone things is a good modern way twist. I, I preferred like the graininess of this one. Like it, it made it feel a bit different from... Right, because it's literally like yeah. nighttime and they were coming from like a basketball court. So uh, yeah, that's fine. But speaking of Bel Air... 
Bianca Belair has a recap here with uh, her no contest with Nikki Cross from last week. Uh, we cut to an interview and Bianca says that Nikki Cross is crazy. And I don't care who you are or what you do here, but I'm a show up and I'm a show out because I am undefeated. You hear that? Undefeated. Un. You already know. And then walks off. Um, so is is. Bianca Belair and Nikki Cross going to get a rematch? I assume so. Down the line? Maybe at a takeover? Maybe a number one contenders? Yeah, true. That could um, I I love her. I go on about her every week. Um, I believe every single word she says. Um, right. And I think it was last week I was saying about like Pete Dunne and Ricochet. They sound like they've learnt their lines. It doesn't sound completely natural coming out of sure. their mouth. Um, completely the opposite with Bianca Belair. I... She just has her character down. I don't know if it even is a character, whether it's just her, like, right. or, but like, I believe her. I believe everything, and that's great. I think she's an awesome character. We now go to the moment everyone tuning into NXT has been waiting for, and that is the TV debut of Jackson Riker. Do you know who that is? Um, the Gunman. <laughs> Gunner from TNA is Jackson Riker. He's making his NXT TV debut here. Uh, he is a member of the Forgotten Sons. He will be coming out by himself. He forgot his two other sons. He will be facing Uberto Carrillo. I think I'm saying that right. Huberto. <clears throat> exactly. Sorry. Exactly. Sorry. Quit my mouth. Um, he he looks like he's twelve. Yeah, uh, he dies in this match. <laughs> essentially, um, this was just a bunch of headlocks, then like a, a sledgehammer, and then uh, a, a slingshot power bomb. Which is you lift the guy up to power bomb, but you know it would hurt more if you bounce the guy off the ropes first, turn over a little bit, then power bomb him. That's what makes it hurt more. And Jackson Riker wins. That was that match. I just saved you. The whole shebang here. Everyone wanted to see Jackson Riker. They seem to be putting something behind the Forgotten Sons. Like, they've got this cool <clears throat> Titantron and got their music. The like, Titantron is awful. <laughs> the music is awful. But they're, they're trying to do something with them. I feel like it's just another Kona Reeves thing where they're like, hey, you know, you're really not, you've just been here for a long time. Here, try this. I feel they think Kona Reeves is a joke and they're making him that deliberately. Sure. I feel they're actually trying to do something with these guys. Uh, like, I've seen um, this Jackson Riker in, in TNA before. I, I, I wasn't a huge fan of him. I remember he had a match with James Storm and I was like, hey, that was really good. And it was like a hardcore last man standing or something like that. A few years ago. And it was really good. Other than that, I don't know anything about him. And from this, I don't really care to see much more. I, I want to say I want to give them a chance. But we've seen... Um, sorry, not... Who's, um, not Wesley Blake. Yeah, Wesley Blake. Yeah. I was going to say Buddy Murphy. But he's uh, kind of doing some other things in Aussie soon. Uh, Wesley Blake and... Uh, it's just... Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I said I have never watched TNA so like I've never seen him before um like James Storm I only know from his two-week run ah yes NXT he's an NXT legend yeah he was here um for a cup of coffee 
But sure, I, I'd be interested to see where they they go with I just these like, guys because I do think I think they're taking them seriously. It's the the problem is, and I thought beforehand these were going to be like social outcasts, job squad right. kind of guys. That's probably what they're going to turn into. They might after this. Fails. They very might end up like that. Like like Sons of Anarchy ended years ago. Like we need to get over it. We need to get over guys in motorcycle jackets <laughs> and and shit like that. And the video package that aired a few weeks ago, they didn't even have actual motorcycles. Like it's just like. Oh, we're walking to full sale. It's like, no, you guys are probably, like, married and, like, taking your minivans to the arena. Like, come on. Like, I just don't need that. In re- like like we said, horror movies have evolved. Sometimes wrestling has not. And this is one but of But a lot cases. of people haven't. There are still, like, maybe we can't relate because we're not in a biker gang. There might Speak be these, these biker gangs watching NXT going... This is awesome. Finally, I can relate to a character no, in my wrestling. That was The Undertaker years ago. <laughs> and it still is. Um, this is... No, no. This is... That should be a... a we're going to find some Hells Angels here in Toronto. And we're going to go and be like, Hey, what do you think of the Forgotten Sons? And they're going to be like, What the fuck? Uh, I believe it's even an actual... Already an actual motorcycle gang. Right. The Forgotten Sons. So... Uh, I don't know. Am I just being mean to people who ride motorcycles? No. I would not fuck with anyone who rides a motorcycle. However, uh, these three I don't see going very far. And Jackson Riker, maybe I'm speaking too soon. Maybe one day he'll be driving a motorcycle down the ramp of a main event to WrestleMania. I don't know. Then when that day happens, I'll buy a Forgotten Sons replica biker jacket. And a fucking Harley Davidson. Uh, so that happened. Uh, Candice LeRae is backstage in William Regal's office. Uh, they're, they're questioning Candace about, uh, who attacked Aleister Black. She says, who? Hmm. I don't know. Let me think about it for a second. Who attacked Aleister Black? It was a cowardly attack? Disregard of authority? No thoughts or, or of consequences that it could lead to someone's actual life? Hmm, don't know anyone who does that around here. Regal says, okay, okay, Candace. We've already questioned Tomasa Champa, and he has not done it. But what about your husband? What about Johnny Gargano and his recent attitude? Do you know where his whereabouts were or his alibi for that night? Candace says, you know what? Johnny has been different in the past. Different than he has been. But that, that doesn't matter. We we were here. We left. We were driving home together. That's the alibi. He didn't do it. William Regal says, okay, thank you very much. She leaves the office. Suspicious. That is suspicious. Yeah, it seems like Johnny's the only one without an alibi exactly. so far. Because... Well, we got one, but... Uh... Well, no, she said he kind of... He went to, like... He went to wash after the match or something on his own. She... She, like, hinted at there was, like, a time where they weren't together. <sighs> Didn't I say it was going to be Gargano? I've been saying that. It's got to be him. Um, I like... I just find it funny how Regal calls Candice Candice. It's such a, <laughs> it's such a British thing. And I, I don't mean to be disrespectful, but, like, Candice is, like, a chav girl name. So it's like Candice, um, and Candice sounds really nice, but it's just right. like suddenly she's Candice. Nice. Well, he's upset. He's questioning her. He's got to put, you know, he's got to like bring the hammer down. And also, um, he said she was with Kyrie and Cassius for a bit as well. Oh, right. so now I'm I'm relieved because I was 
worried that Kyrie might be cheating on me with Cassius, but damn, I, <laughs> that'd be unfortunate uh, for everyone involved. <laughs> um, we go to a video package here for the main event, the moment everyone actually is waiting for. Title versus title, the UK champion versus the North American champion. Both championships are on the line. Ricochet versus Pete Dunne. This video package was fucking fantastic. Awesome. It made it yeah. feel like a really, really big deal. Like, uh, we I were got hyped. We were ready for this match regardless. Yeah. And then we watched this, I don't know, three minute package and we're like, yeah, this sounds great. It has the clips of, of uh, you know, Pete Dunne has been champion for over 450 days. He calls Ricochet like a champion for five minutes. Uh, they have like these little clips of uh, Pete Dunne saying he's defended his title so many times and it shows clips like in little bursts of all the retains he's, he's had. Even in the UK championship tournament thing that just happened recently has that in there. It has the, the clips of Ricochet uh, in the indies coming up here, finally getting his, his title, winning it from Adam Cole uh, and all these things. Really, really good video package. Um, then it goes to commercial, which I hate about my NXT, but whatever. It comes back. We have a video vignette for Keith Lee, uh, talking about how he's limitless, uh, talking about how he gets over his failures, uh, basking in his glory. This would have been great before the video package to hype up the main event. I was just like, cool. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, we both <laughs> so said it stupid. was like... It comes back from break, which isn't an actual break. If you pay for the network, it goes to break to tell you, hey, watch the pay-per-view, or here's Connor's Cure. I get it. Don't interrupt things to do it. That package really got us hyped. And, and then, then it, it was like, it, ugh, it just drops it right Go to down. WWE shop. Here's Connor's Cure. And here's a video vignette for Keith Lee. And it's like, no. And then it comes back from that, and it's like, next week... Lars Sullivan is in action. Also next week, Otis Dovovich versus Champa. Great. D that's awesome. Don't do it. Like, uh, yeah. fucking stupid. It's just so stupid. It's just the little, littlest, tiniest thing that just pissed me off. I'm like, I'm a paying subscriber. Why the fuck am I having to go to commercial? Like, ah, uh, drives me insane. Um, however, Lars Sullivan's in action next week, so I guess I shouldn't be that mad. <laughs> Um, Ricochet versus Pete Dunne, title versus title, Mora Ronaldo says, what a time to be alive, you and yours versus me and mine, a Drake and Future lyric, uh, came out four days, uh, today, actually, so Mora Ronaldo does his homework when he makes his little, uh, pop culture references, I tell you that, for real. Um, the one and only versus the Bruiserweight, early on we get the kick-ups and the flippy shit from Ricochet. But also early on, we get the, the finger ringers and the arm wrenching by Pete Dunne. Uh, Ricochet is getting wailed on, but fights back, hits a head uh, a backflip, and does his head scissors, then the drop kick, then the suicide dive, the combo he always does so well. He throws Pete Dunne back in the ring and goes for it a second time. He goes for like the backflip Pele into the head scissors again, but Pete Dunne catches his foot and starts wrenching the foot like he does to the, the hands or whatever that he does. So while Ricochet is literally on his hands, getting his ankle wrenched and twisted, Pete Dunne kicks him across the chest, uh, which looked insanely painful, then starts wrenching the fingers, wrenching the arms, stomping him, stomping on his head. Um, there's a huge dodge from a stomp and a lariat by Ricochet. 
the 619, if you will, the faint Tiger faint kick, a flying European uppercut, uh, only a two count. There's an X-Plex counter where Ricochet lands on his feet and hits a standing star press to the back of Dunn, only a two count. There's a crazy roll through DDT, but uh, Dunn counters and drops into like a, catches him to a cross arm breaker. Um, just insane counters after counters. These guys have wrestled before on the independent scene and um, they clearly know each other. And, and NXT here was, they didn't really go into, hey, these, these guys have fought before, but they're talking about how they've been coming up at the same time. So obviously they know all about each other, which was really great. Um, there's like crazy, uh, there was a, a head, hand stomps and high knees. Um, basically, Pete Dunne keeps working on the hand and the wrist of Ricochet. He gets his hand on the ground and then starts to stomp on the actual hand of Ricochet. Um, so he'll be doing a few uh, lonely strangers late, later. Um, there's an X-Plex, but it's a sit-out X-Plex from Pete Dunne. Only a two count. This move should be like a finisher. So when he lifts him for a suplex, but flips him, slams him down, tries to pin him, only a two count. There's a bitter end attempt, but it's countered into the German, which is countered into the landing on the feet, into a kick to the back of the head by Pete Dunne. Then they fight to the outside, and they're on the apron here. Or Pete Dunne, is, this is a crazy spot. Uh, it's been gift a lot, I'm sure. It's Pete Dunne on the outside, and Ricochet does a flip onto the apron from inside the ring, then does a like golden triangle moonsault to the outside, only to get like a forearm in the face from Pete Dunne, which then he hits an X-Plex on the outside onto the apron, which then Percy Watson tells us is the hardest part of the ring. We already knew that, but, but Percy's there to let us know. Um, he throws uh, the, the carcass of Ricochet into the ring again and goes for the bitter end, but it is countered into a reverse Rana. Pete Dunne may have died just then, but he comes back to life to kick out at two. Um, there's there's battles of lariats and strikes. There's a handspring into a satellite DDT. There's a Frankensteiner that's like an av avalanche Frankensteiner off the top. There's an axe kick to the dome. There's a complete shot, only a two count. There's a 450 that's countered into an armbar by Pete Dunne. Then a power bomb. Then the finger snaps. There's so much shit going on in this match. It is insane. There's the finger wrenching, a Kimura essentially from Pete Dunne with the fingers uh, being bent backwards. Um, they're fighting and there's a, a, a spot where Ricochet deadlifts Pete Dunne to hit a brain buster. What a fucking match. And just as you thought things might escalate even further, what happens next is what we all kind of figured what would happen. Adam Cole and Undisputed Era slide into the ring like the snakes they are, and they beat on both of these guys, making this match a double disqualification, a no contest, if you will. But War Raiders are not far behind. They come down, they make the save, uh, they chase all of them out, and there's a standoff between Ricochet and Pete Dunne. They get both their championship titles uh, in hand, and they just stare off, and the crowd is just insane. The crowd was crazy for this entire match, but the crowd was just chanting both these guys, uh, all these sort of things, uh, and then it fades off into black. This 
was one of, or if not the best matches I've seen on NXT TV history. We've had so many recently. We've though, had some like crazy that, that ones in this era. title match. Like, um, this was insane. The, uh, I just want to say, this week we've had two title match, non-finish, no contests in sure, WWE. Yeah. The difference between what, the this? Hell in a Cell finish, <laughs> where they cut straight off air before we could see... And the videos have been posted, everyone's chanting, this is bullshit, right. whatever. Compared to this, where, sure, we haven't got a winner. That was a fantastic match. Yes. Standing ovation, both these guys. The difference is crazy. You're saying this wasn't, this was not as good as Braun and Roman inside the cell? <laughs> <laughs> Damn near close to it. This was insane. This was great. Um, if you was... don't watch NXT and you, you need to check out some matches, this is one of the matches you need to watch this year. Like Pete Dunne, I think, might be top five best wrestlers in the world. There's, there's no wasted movement from him at all. As I was saying about the submissions earlier, every, every submission he does looks like it means something. And I don't get these... I don't understand these cut-to-break headlocks that we get all the time. Right, right. In every Randy Orton match, every Baron Corbin match, pretty much every match, there's these headlocks that you just go to commercials. Why can't you do something like this? Just work a joint, but make it look painful. And then come back and be like, oh, well, he's been working away at the hand. Not just... Uh, he's had his arm around his neck for 10 minutes. Yeah. It's every submission sense. means something from Pete Dunne. Um, Especially if he's, he, he's known for working like the hands and always yeah. twisting the fingers. And then he turns that into like, he has like a, essentially a Kimura while he's still, do, he has that locked in, but still bending the fingers and shit. And he like, looks painful. Yeah, a headlock, it looks, it it's looks like, great. cool, you're hugging for a bit. <laughs> and... I thought the styles were really great here too because Rick Shea, everyone's you know, oh he does the flippy shit. Well, he did do the flippy shit, but then he also can have an actual battle, a war here. And they were also saying on commentary how um, Dunn wanted to be like a cruiserweight. He wanted to be flying around, and then he just realized that wasn't his style, so just went to this very map-based, yes. aggressive, violent style. I mean, Pete Dunn does you know moonsaults and shit as well. He does, so but. Everyone does now. Yeah, there's yeah, there's yeah. moonsaults and then there's Ricochet and Osprey. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, this yeah, was this fantastic. was fantastic. I loved. Um, <clears throat> I I just love Undisputed Era as well. Sure. When when they're like just taunting them, like yeah, nah, nah, and then War Raiders coming after, and you just see Carlo Riley kind of go, oh shit, and just runs <laughs> to the back. Uh, they're brilliant. Um, I assume, yeah, we're getting that three way for both titles. I would think. Yeah, so that's very interesting. So now the the titles are still on the respective owners here, Ricochet mm. and Pete Dunne. And now does Adam Cole get uh, kind of put into the mix there? Or what happens with the War Raiders and Undisputed Era? Bobby Fish has been holding that trophy for quite a while. <laughs> I think he might be ready to come back into action. You could do Pete Dunne and Ricochet versus War Raiders and... You could do a... Uh, sorry, a, War Raiders and Adam Cole... Sorry, sorry. War Raiders, Ricochet, and Pete Dunne versus all of Undisputed Era inside the War Games. Do more of a traditional War Games 4 on 4 rather four. than the three teams. Winner takes all. I'd like that. I'd like that a lot. That'd be pretty crazy, I think. Imagine if Undisputed Era walks out with 
the UK and North American and the tag team championships. Uh, that'd be pretty interesting. I could see them doing. I I that. think you're right. I think that because that, that just really sounds cool. like a really cool match. Yeah, uh, Pete Dunne, Ricochet, War Raiders, and all of Undisputed Era. Uh, judging if Bobby Fish is ready to come back here. Um, that would be pretty crazy. I think that is a, the setup or the direction that makes that sense. We into. we haven't seen uh, the British Strong style, uh, the Mustache Mountain for a while. So yeah. I doubt they're going to be involved. Yeah, which I is too bad. You, I think you're right. I think we're going to have a classic four on four. Um, I no, they've done five on fives. I think as well, but rather than the three teams go back to more the WCW style. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Just because there is four members of Undisputed Era, and yeah. they. They should all wrestle in this match. Uh, sorry, sports entertain in this mm-hmm. match. Um, yeah, this this was a crazy main event. This was honest. This this was one of the best NXT TV matches going back to like Sami Zayn Cesaro era. Like this was insane. Uh, hats off to both these guys. This was definitely one of the best matches I've seen this year. And this year has been the best year for wrestling. And this is fantastic. This one will be overlooked because it was on TV. But I I heavily enjoyed it. I think this one um, is incredible. Check this match out. If you you're insane if you don't. You're a wrestling fan. Go watch this. Ricochet, Pete Dunne, you guys you guys slayed. You killed it. Um, Shall we go into some feedback? Yes, I have to open it. So if you I have it, got it ready. You should go um, first. Start with Jake from the Windy City. He's got some comments on NXT, Cruiserweights, and May Young Classic. Wow. So we'll go into the first two to start with. Um, I don't know about you, but I like these Detective William Regal backstage segments. It's like a game of clues trying to find out who shot J.R. Ewing. The main event was great, though I had a feeling that we were going to have a non-finish from Undisputed Era. Pete Dunne does the little things right, like attacking the fingers to cause both cringe and believability. Ricochet did a good job selling the hand injury throughout the match. The only bit that dragged it down a peg was it would have been cool to see Ricochet not cleanly hit a move to sell the hand injury mid-move. But I do understand the fighting spirit to an extent. I hope they both eventually have a takeover match down the line to blow off the feud. Um, Question. When you guys used to do your previous NXT show on live audio wrestling, one of the highlight shows for me was the best worst of year end awards. Would you guys consider bringing back at the end of the year? Um, Yes, I feel that's a question for John and Way. Oh, no, definitely. For NXT, we'll definitely talk about our favourite... Uh, yes. matches of the year I, 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 I would see John and Wei doing kind of their own best of the year regarding everything because I know they're going to talk about uh, I can already see John Pollock saying uh, Kenny Omega versus Ishii uh, maybe match of the year yeah. but I know that on this show we will definitely do a best of uh, NXT best of the year so what's his his, his question is that we're, will we do that or? yeah absolutely um, our best and worst yeah absolutely um, question about the cruiserweights. Um, he really enjoyed the podcast you and Way did about ah, the yes. cruiserweight classic. Cruiserweight classic. Back CW in the day. Scene. Uh, to me, that one was one of my favourite wrestling productions of all time. When 205 Live started within the next year, they turned it into a glorified edition of Thunder, where they tried to place horrendous attempts of sports entertainment gimmicks on those guys. Would you agree that WWE dropped the ball so badly with the cruiserweight division? I wouldn't say so badly. It's just it's just not interesting to me. So I guess maybe maybe then. I think um, the thing is with everything like movies, TV, wrestling, sports, you need stakes. Um, I don't find a friendly football game 
interesting because sure. there's no stakes. No one cares if they really win right. or lose. It's the same with wrestling. You want the stakes to either be a championship or someone's being humiliated by a guy so much that he needs to get payback and you want to see them get payback. With the Cruiserweight Classic, you had the tournament. So the stakes were you want to be the first champion of this yes. Cruiserweight division. And then ever since they they tried to turn it into WWE with characters we didn't really know. Or care about. Or care about. So it just seemed cheesy and you didn't care about the matches. I think recently they seem to be, from the episode I just saw, um, that main event was built really well. Like that video package sold it for me and I haven't watched it for a while. So I feel they're turning the corner a bit. Both matches were, were really entertaining to watch. It sounds like they're starting to put out more matches. They're doing less of the, the hokey shit and just one guy wants to beat up the other guy, which sometimes is is better than trying to put, oh, you are a, a butler who like sure. tea and whatever. Yeah, no, I, I, I just like this guy in the, the comment here says he, they, they turned it into like a glorified edition of WCW Thunder where they tried to do like these stupid gimmicks. Like people will be like, oh, remember? Uh, I mean, it might not have been on WCW Thunder, Thunder but... Like, oh, Eddie Guerrero, Rey Mysterio, or uh, Jericho Rey, or uh, Dean Malenko. Like, there's so many, you know, Kidman. There's so many cruiserweights that were, like, considered legends now. Yeah. Will people in 10, 15, 20 years be like, hey, look at uh, TJP. He's uh, running into New Japan, and he's uh, doing all these crazy things. Like, it just doesn't seem that yeah. way right now. It doesn't seem as important or big or as at that level. But it was innovative then as yeah, well. Exactly. Whereas now, a lot of the the main guys are doing those same moves yes. and things. So. so I I think for it to work, it just needs to be seen as a serious wrestling product with good matches. And I think that's what they're doing. Just two matches, yeah. a little bit of hype for the two matches they're, sure. they're doing and a little bit of hype for the next week's matches. I thought it was a really easy watch this week. I enjoyed it. Um, I don't think it's going to pick up that much more steam. It's, how can it? How I think, can it? It's already got it, it's already got this like the name two hundred five live and everyone's out. It's out. got its audience. I think a few people watch it every week, and for WWE, that's fine. Yeah, they've got the money; they can give these guys a job, and they've got sure. content. I want it to do well. I, I want it to do well. It's just like how are you supposed to get over that hump now that when everyone knows it's the show that people will leave or whatever. Like you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's become that. So it's like it's tough it might to get do over. better. In I believe they're filming before Raw now and then airing on Wednesdays. But then it's just become main event or superstars again. I can look it up and see what happens. Yeah. Or like you know what I mean? I I, I want it to do well, but I just it needs something needs to change in that direction. Um, Jason in the D love the show guys hopefully you guys are done getting everyone in the post wrestling family sick for now uh, that's David's fault not me uh, he says I've listened long enough without hitting up the threads well welcome friend long time first time I, yeah long time first time I have to give Aaliyah credit she's become she's come a long way from being on the bubble throughout most of the breaking ground show her personality is starting to finally show Lacey Evans although I heard rumors early on that she had a garbage attitude around the Performance Center. She is a star. The women's division is in good hands right now. I'm happy with the non-finish to the champ versus champ match. Neither of these guys needed both of those belts. Plus, 
Obviously, the setup for War Games needs to start somewhere. Do you guys believe that with all of the interviews uh, regarding Alistair Black's and William Regal's office, that the uh, angle underwhelms, if not means, to a debuting someone? Oh, so you're saying that the Alistair Black attack is actually setting up for someone to debut and start something new. I, I don't know. Is that a tough way to bring someone in? Because it's like, I attacked him. It'll be DDP. And it's like, <laughs> it was Rikishi. Uh, like, it just doesn't make sense. Because it's like, well, wait, you ruined the fucking main event of a of a show. So You'd have to position this guy as... Like going to the top straight away. Yeah, and I um, just don't like who I else do we have ready there? Like Riddle is already and... tied up with Ono. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that just wouldn't make sense. I I really don't know where they're going with it. Um, um oh, I know who attacked Alistair Black. You've looked ahead. No, no. Oh, but uh, if you want to debut someone who has history with Alistair Black before NXT, who may or may not be heading to a WWE show near you. Uh, the villain, Marty Skrull, could be the one. But I really don't think he's, that's... He's under need... contract for another year. Yeah, I, you just don't need you just don't need that. And I just think it should be Gargano. <laughs> the symbiote took over. He got I angry. just feel they're killing a hot baby face sure, again. Yeah. And that's not NXT style. That's main roster style. Then let's just... Wait for, wait for Raw to kill him. Then let's just say it was Champa then. Yeah. Papi and Dallas. NXT... Can you guys please make it a note when the year-end awards come round to have a category for best matches on the weekly show? Ah. Yeah, people seem to like these end-of-year awards. Uh, Ricochet vs. Dunn was amazing, but without recognising the weekly show on best-of shows, it will get lost. When the Best of 2016 awards came round, everyone forgot about Nakamura vs. Bala from the weekly show the past summer. Ah, yes. When the Best of 2017 awards came round, everyone forgot about Asuka vs. Nikki Cross in the last women's standing True. match. Um... It seems that this year especially we have had many great matches on the weekly show that it's not fair that the best of shows only seem to highlight takeover matches. Dunn v Ricochet tonight minus the non-finish was takeover quality. It's time best of awards at least have a category to recognise the best matches from the weekly shows you re- guys recap week in and week out. Yes, definitely. Sure, let's, let's do it. Let's definitely, we will totally do an edit best of NXT show on our show and that is a category that uh, if you ask we you shall receive because you're you're right there's been so many tv matches this year um that have like really yeah. made us love this show Absolutely. so uh definitely we would totally add that but would this match win for best tv match of the year that's a tough call that's a tough call um Carlos from sunny Scotland. From stormy Scotland. Stormy Scotland. Oh, oh I hope it's okay over there, friends. Uh, be safe. Uh, as always, I love Perrazzo and Kai, but I think they have meh characters. Evans and Aaliyah are better in the ring than many on the main roster. Aaliyah just keeps getting better since breaking ground. I really like the Street Profits promos. The edge it had at the end just showed Ford's charisma and his nod to his wife on his top was great. Uh, great main event and continues to look like my predictions from a few weeks ago is still on track. Question, is there any point in having the ultra-talented Keith Lee have promos but no storyline? Could he be the attacker of Black? I would be down for that. Uh, again, again, I don't know. He's someone who's so charismatic and likable that I don't know if you'd want to kill that off straight away. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I feel like they shouldn't do that. 
they could. Um, and I think we got like one more there. Dave from Sydney. Hopefully I got in before you guys recorded. Just wanted to say Dahlia Black was fantastic last week. Please include her in more shows all of the time. Uh, we're, we're trying to, it's, it's difficult just because of time zones and stuff. Yes. Um, uh, but she's, she really enjoyed doing the show last great. week and she definitely wants to be back. Hopefully, on, so. hopefully we can, uh, uh, use better audio, uh, recording. Yeah, techniques that was completely my fault last <laughs> week. I apologize. Um, plus Ricochet Bruiserweight was fucking lit. Fuck the WWE and the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. Yo, for real. I'm sorry. That pay-per-view was hot garbage. It wasn't. I disagree with you. Garbage. I thought I... Trash. You didn't watch it. Ugh, I watched, uh... You watched the first two matches and you enjoyed no, them. No, I watched, uh... I watched... I... The tag titles match was awesome. I'm just... I have no interest in any of those characters anymore. Like, they're so cold. Because you don't watch it. I, I can't get into these I, characters. You know, I actually really enjoyed the pay-per-view. The... The main event was what it was. Like, you're going to get that. I'm not interested in the universal scene. I'm really happy Becky Balboa finally won the The, the Becky-Charlotte match was great. Like, it was that, okay. That, that finish was great. cool. No, it wasn't great. That it was finish okay. was cool. The finish was great. Um, match wasn't. Uh, I disagree. I, I think you're shitting on it for the sake of shitting on no, it. No, like, I purposely don't watch the, the... Your old landlord's rubbing off on you. <laughs> I purposely don't watch the main roster stuff because it's, it's so repetitive. It's so... It's it's it, it's making me feel like I'm stupid when I watch it, which wrestling does that from time to I, time, a hundred percent. It's just main roster stuff really makes me feel like an idiot sometimes for watching this shit. I thought Hell in a Cell was one of their best pay per views of the year. To Ooh. be honest, I thought I didn't think there was. You're gonna get heat. Gonna I didn't think heat. there was a bad match. I, I thought like having Ron less Stroman, matches though. was great. Like they all had their time. It wasn't. It I do went like by that, quickly. Uh, I thought me. Ronda. Considering how long she's been doing it, she looks fantastic. Uh, that that tag match, have you seen that yet? Well, we wa I watched some of it with you. You watched the finish, yeah. It was it was yeah. really good. We watched like the like about the second half of it. Yeah, it was fun. It was great. It's cool. I just don't care about any like the care. Like Dolph Ziggler's been doing the same shit for ten years. Let's move on. Drew Drew McIntyre, sorry, don't care. You're not that great. He did look better in that match. Maybe Dolph Ziggler's rubbing off onto him. Uh, but like Seth and Dean, it had this huge, he brought Dean back, it was such a big thing, and now we're fighting for the tag titles. It's like, okay, well, alright, it's not that important then. Everything about the main roster is just like really watered down, trying to sell me shit, always. And that's just not what I like. So. I, I think... And you're you going back to Saudi Arabia. You can like. easily go without watching the weekly shows for... Yeah, and uh, I do. But as a as a three four hour event sure, i enjoyed yeah. it i thought it had good wrestling i thought it was well paced i thought it's one of the best things they've put out on no, the main roster Rick, this year. ricochet versus pete dunn was one of the best things they put out on WWE I said on main roster. yeah 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 the wwe network has its has its good shit too you just gotta find it um because i imagine there's so many wrestling fans um that don't even watch nxt because wwe doesn't really like promote it that heavily on main roster stuff so I'm wondering how many people are like huge wrestling fans and then you talk to them like, oh, I don't watch that shit because it's like, it's just like the developmental. Well, I, I go with them. I go with people that only go watch. to the takeovers exactly. because they're in the city and why not? Yes. But never watch the weekly stuff. Yeah. And it's, it, it baffles me because it's like, uh, some of the stuff I watch, I do watch on the main roster. It drives me insane. I feel like they're just slapping me in the head sometimes. Like, hey, watch this. Okay. Now go buy this. Okay. Now do this. Now do this. It's like, oh, uh, I hate it. You see more of the machine. Yeah. And I hate it. it. I hate yeah. it. I hate that shit. So, 
Uh, I don't know, it's just me being mean. Um, let's talk about a show that you can also watch on the WWE Network. And I wonder how many people are watching this one as well, or know it exists, which is the May Young Classic, because we are forever young. Young girl, get out of my mind. Forever Young. All right, take it. Take it away. Let's talk about some women's wrestling. This was a pretty fun show to watch, actually, as well. Yeah. Uh, I enjoyed this. Uh, so welcome back to those who are sticking around for part two of Up Next slash Forever Young. Uh, I hope you have stuck around, because this, for me, was my, my favorite week of the May Young Classic so far. Um, we started off with Kavita Devi, was it, or Devi? Devi. Kavita Devi from India versus Caitlin, who many of you will remember uh, from the main roster, WWE, um, four plus years ago, uh, former Divas champion. Um, I had no idea Kavita was in the Women's Battle Royal this year at WrestleMania. I... Um, they showed the clip and they mentioned it, and then I remembered. Exactly. I was but... like, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um... Cause, cause she was in, she was in the Mae Young Classic last year, and then she was in this battle royal because of that. Yeah. So then, what? She, I haven't seen her since. No, but I but... assume she's in the PC. Yes. Um. So, uh, Caitlin from Houston, Texas, saying this isn't her first rodeo. She started in WWE eight years ago. Was a former Divas champ. Um. She got a divorce, and since then has had a lot of personal problems. Um. And now she's starting to rebuild herself up and she's feeling good and positive. She looks great, I think. Um, yeah, no, like she, she she changed up her look. I mean, she was always like on the bigger Jack kind of side. She's very, really into like uh, personal training, fitness and all yeah. that stuff. And she still is. I remember she always had the people always used to make fun of her hair because it was like the skunk head or whatever, like the, the blonde and the black kind of yeah. mixed in together. But uh, now it's all black. She's more serious. She looks like she was like a superhero or, or something. Like, she looked like she was ready to be in an Avenger movie. Like, with her outfit. Like, she had, like, the black gear. She looked like... Yeah, her gear's completely different. Yeah, it's a yeah. bit more rocky. Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, they're selling, basically... This is a redemption story of Caitlyn. Yes. Um, and Michael Cole makes it quite clear that he is... A huge Caitlyn fan. Very big Caitlyn fan. He's being pretty biased throughout this match. He says that we're not supposed to be biased, but I'm going to be for yeah. this match. Um, it sounds like she's a very likable person and she's had a lot of problems and people are fully behind her. Yes. Um, Kavita is the first woman from India to wrestle for WWE. Um, and her match from the Mae Young Classic last year with Dakota Kai generated 28 million views. This is insane. Like, when I heard this, I was like, I don't deny that at all yeah because uh it's like they, they ah, it's i'm so happy for that and maybe that's that's why she's still continuing she's still in this one yeah and they're going to continue to give her a push well it's why carly keeps coming back and things like that gender why gender. Would, like exactly. gender was champion for quite yeah. a while and like he was pushed really heavily yeah um and at the, 
you know what? It's world wrestling entertainment, not just North America. So yeah, I'm down with multicultural in my yep. in my sports entertainment, and that is crazy. Twenty eight million views from a May Young Classic match that was not actually on TV. TV. That's like just That's a crazy. couple million more than we get every week. Uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, match starts with Kavita refusing the handshake. There are welcome back chants uh, towards Caitlyn. I like this. Michael Cole admitted that he used to humiliate these women in season three of NXT, uh, where Caitlyn started, and it's amazing how far we've come from right. those days. Yes. Um, That's so f- oh, we've come so far from. I I I used to ridicule these women, <laughs> and now I don't. Yeah. Wow. And they can wrestle well. Wow. What has changed, Michael Cole? <laughs> um. They trade holds, there's a snapmare from Caitlyn into a running sitting clothesline, followed by a trio of leg drops. Uh, Renee says uh, that Kavita's first match ever was in the Mae Young Classic last yeah. year. So, she's pretty green. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> say, and they also mention she's trained by Carly, which you can see. Um, there's a series of slams from Kavita, followed by an arm submission that Caitlyn fights out of with an arm drag. Kavita gets Caitlyn on her shoulders, but Caitlyn gets out of it, hits a series of strikes and slams, followed by a cannonball into the corner. Caitlyn then hits the spear for the win. Caitlyn always had a cool spear. I like her spear, yeah. I remember when she speared AJ, like AJ Lee, yeah. and just would crack her in half. Because like, well, the AJ size was tiny. Yeah, yeah, and like she was so thin, and, and Caitlyn's like the powerhouse. She, her spear looked so deadly when she used to do it. Um, and yeah, it looked great on, on, on Kavita here as well. Like the spear on even a bigger, uh, woman was, was really cool looking. Uh, yeah, uh, Kavita was really green. Yeah. Uh, she did hit like a move or two that I thought looked great. There was like an STO backbreaker combo kind of STO thing. It was fine, but I could definitely, you didn't have to tell me that she has not wrestled a lot. No. Like I could figure it out. And I'm not saying Caitlyn is uh, the greatest either, but she's definitely uh, has she's, her. She's definitely got the likability factor and she's and got the familiar, familiarity. I think people um, who maybe didn't watch last year, who were fans of Caitlyn back in the day, would be like, "Oh, I, I want to check out the May Young Classic sure, yeah. this year. I hear she's back." Um, we then go into Ginny versus Tony Storm. Now, this is where I'm really disappointed that we don't have Dahlia Black, this week yes. because. She's she's worked with both of these women a lot, and I know is pretty good friends with Ginny. Um, so is she is she is she friends with Tony Storm too? <laughs> is she? Uh, you were friends with Tony uh, Tony Storm the other week. Oh you? yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Tony Storm lookalike. Yeah, who I, I thought looked more like Matt Riddle, oh. but, but uh, we'll go with Tony Storm to make you feel good. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Unfortunately, I didn't know where Estonia was, and it didn't really work out for me. So, uh, so Ginny's from Knightsbridge, which is a, a very posh part of London. Ooh. She's a fashionista, likes all the all the expensive clothes. She's posh spice. She's essentially posh spice, yes. And um, Tony Storm is not posh spice. Tony Storm's a rocker, um, inspired by Motley Crue. Uh, uh, you should all be familiar with her. If you're listening to us, I'm sure you saw her in NXT UK. Uh, she was in the Mae Young Classic last year where she was defeated by Kyrie, oh. who obviously went on to win the tournament. Um, uh, 
camera shows Tyler Breeze. Um, I guess he's got to do something, so he's chilling he's out a, the Mayan. Hey, hey, he's a he's a full sale like legend. They have in the back hallways of uh, this arena in full sale, like at the, the the college, they have like people's outfits put behind glass. Like you have Neville's uh, like cape jacket right. thing. You got like uh, I think some Tyson Kid stuff as well. But you have Prince Pretty's like furry boots and jacket and nice. and the selfie stick thing. So he's a legend here. <laughs> but there's also the Iconics, the Aussies, yeah. here to welcome the other Aussie. And then it cuts in Tony Storm's entrance. And, oh, jeez, I wish I had that gif. Where it's Tony Storm looking back at them and they're, they're doing, doing the finger, finger pointing thing. <laughs> they're doing the finger yeah. pointing thing. Oh, my God. My life was complete since seeing that. Um, yeah, Tony Storm's my favorite. She looks so comfortable out there. Um, Way years years ahead of most of the women in this tournament, which um, and there's some there's some vets in this as well. And she's only 25 years old. Yeah, crazy. Um, they confirm that both of these women are going to be in the NXT UK brand. Uh, Renee says that Ginny's attire is personally designed by Alexander McQueen, which is quite amazing considering he died a number of years ago. <laughs> Um, Renee also mentioned that when the she's been showing Meghan Markle yeah, around yeah, yeah, London. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, Ginny's. Uh, oh, oh shit! My notes have just gone. <laughs> right, we good? Yes. Okay, so my computer just died. You suck. I ran to the shop to see if it can be repaired quickly. It can't. So now you're going to have to go off, off my notes. And yeah, take some mental notes. So sorry, we're not going to really have the kind of play-by-play that much for the rest of the show. Um, but yeah, I'm sad. Anyway. So Ginny versus Tony Storm. Uh, Posh Spice versus the rock star, essentially. Scary Spice mixed with a little baby because of the blonde, Yeah, um, I would say. Um, this was, this was fun. I think she's my favorite, uh, one of my favorite wrestlers, definitely. Tony Storm. Um, not, I've seen some of Ginny in progress that you've showed me some Mm. of their, their, her stuff and she's great, but Tony Storm is like in another league compared to some, some of these other people. Um, there's some crazy spots where it's like crazy strikes and a running knee into the corner from Tony Storm. Um, Ginny does like this. Reverse STO Seth Rollins style move into the the corner face first Buster. Um, there's like a sit out like uh, face Buster kind of move. There's some cool stuff. Ginny both- hits this really interesting submission at one yeah, point. Yeah, as yeah, well, yeah, yeah. It's she- like a um, reverse Boston Crab. It's like the Billy Goats Curse or whatever. Colt Cabana kind of does it, but then she attaches it with the surfboard arms. Um, Tony Storm does not tap out. She gets away from it. Um, both of them are really athletic. Uh, I have here that, uh, there's like a snap German suplex and then a butterfly tiger driver, which they're calling the Storm Zero and Tony Storm defeats Ginny here. Um, now the Storm Zero was a name of a different move that she did last year. In the Mayan Classic, which is kind of like the fireman's carry move that Okada does, you have them into the fireman's carry into like a air raid siren crash or whatever into a knee thing. 
Okada right. does it. Yeah. And that's what they call the Storm Zero. Now she does a Tiger Driver or a Tyler Driver. It's like a snap Tiger Driver. Yeah. It's like, doesn't get quite the height. And they're calling this the Storm Zero. But the name Storm Zero comes from Strong Zero, which is the greatest Japanese beverage you can buy in Japan. It is a, a series of alcoholic drinks, and Strong Zero is the 9% ones. And she calls her move Strong Zero. In progress, it was a pile driver. Right. So now I'm really confused that <laughs> all the names of her moves are all swapped around here. Uh, I thought this was really fun as well. I've cl- clearly they've uh, danced before. Yeah, I I put that like they you can tell they know each other very well. They they seem very comfortable with each mm-hmm. other. It was probably the hardest hitting match we've had so far in the Mae Young Classic. They weren't really holding back. There were lots of slaps and big forearms to the face. Um I think what Ginny has over others, I think she's someone you're going to remember after this defeat. Like, to go out... 32 women, I think, to go out in the first round, a lot will be forgotten. I think she's got a very clear character and a sense of who she is. And I didn't think she looked weak in defeat, even though she lost cleanly. I think uh, I think she could have won over quite a few people. I think her character kind of fits, too. Like, it's a cool... It's interesting. It's, mm. it's She's the posh British kind of, you know... Up but a modern thing. posh British. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Not your in, your like, butler, as I said earlier. Yeah, like, like we joked, we joked and said that you know the the commentary were making like clearly false claims about her, but like that's what commentary used to do about other yeah. wrestlers back in the day. So I actually enjoyed when Renee was like, yeah, yeah, you know, she takes the the princess around, and Michael Cole's like, uh, I'm pretty sure that's not true, and Renee's like, uh, I'm pretty <laughs> sure it is actually. So uh, shit like that is really funny, but. Tony Storm with the Storm Zero, the Tiger Driver, if you will, the Tiger Bomb there, um, wins and Ginny is gone and Tony Storm advances on. So uh, I think Tony Storm is going all the way because she should win it because she's my favorite. But uh, she should be in NXT. Like she should be. Well, she's NXT UK. Yeah. Um... Which which she I I feel like she would even be she would go to the t- I think she's a WWE Women's Champion in the future. Mm. She's that good. Um, she just looks like a rock star. She reminds me of like, I don't know, something. Something about her is killer. Even her look with her glasses all the time, the, just that pose. She just looks like uh, a superstar. I think she's great. Um, what's next? Am I leading the reins because you're... Uh, yeah, so we'll do a bit of back and forth. We've got uh, Zaya Lee from China versus Karen Q from Chinatown, New York. Uh, Zaya Lee... I know quite well from Kairi Zane's Instagram stories. They seem to ah. hang about quite a lot. Uh, they train together and eat sushi together. Wow. And they look like best buds. Okay. Um, so the match starts with both doing the, the bow as a sign of respect to each other. Yes. Instead of the handshake, which was pretty cool. And then both go into like a kung fu pose, <laughs> which actually the crowd really got behind. I thought someone was running in. It's, yeah, it's like, like the crowd, crowd was just wake super up. hot for this. They yeah. were like, wow, that's cool. And then from that, from like the sign respect, they just go into like really hard strikes. Um, neither of these two women have been wrestling a long time either, um, I believe. Yeah, I mean, I know they, they, they mentioned the commentary. Like I said, I love Michael Cole in this commentary yeah. role because he's really just helping them get over to me. Yeah. If this is, these are wrestlers and women I don't know, I'm not familiar with, 
they help me out by selling them to me. And they say, you know, Zia Lee is like trained in all this, like, uh, like uh, kung, kung fu, like, yeah, yeah, yeah essentially, right? Stuff. Like, um, but and, it has only been wrestling for a year. So I'm instantly sold on that when they start off the match. By they're both like about to, you know, break down. Everybody was kung fu fighting. Um, and then they mentioned that Karen Q is from Chinatown, New York, and is also a PE teacher. So it's like uh, that's. Very interesting as well. You're seeing kind of both sides of that, and then they break off and they start doing this this kung fu thing, and they're both like the same size. That's what I find crazy with this tournament over, say, the like the UK tournament and the cruiserweight classic yeah. and stuff. They're having like real newbies, and not not just newbies, but the first match they've ever wrestled sure, pretty yeah. much in this thing. But they see potential from whether it be being a American Ninja Warrior or yes. having a... They've all got athletic backgrounds. Um, and it's quite interesting to see from a Styles point of view how they they make it work in in being so new to it. Some of them. Some of them. <laughs> um, uh, the and then you see people who are clearly trained by the Great Carly. Um, Karen Q hits like this handspring into like a series of kicks... Um, both of them are just like kicking the shit out of each other and, and the, with the strikes and the palm strikes and all these things, chops. And Karen Q hits a full Nelson slam, um, but it wasn't enough to put Zaya Lee down. Um, the kicks start flying from Zaya. They're literally just insane. Um, Karen goes up for a frog splash at some point, misses it, and then Zaya Lee hits what they call the flipping axe kick. Uh, some people might know it as the Robinson special. It's very yeah. Will Osprey. Osprey. A few less rotations. Yeah, but Osprey it still is, looks pretty cool. Yeah, this one is nice. Uh, pretty safe uh, landing on the head there. Um, and then uh, she, she Lee beats Karen Q here. So China has beaten Chinatown uh, here at the Mae Young Classic. Uh, this was fun. This, this, this was fun. At I, first, I was like, wait, they're both doing like taekwondo and karate yeah. poses and all these things and then all of a sudden it was a pretty good match so. i really liked it it yeah. added a different flavor to the whole show um karen q kind of adopted the heel role like they started off as respect yes. and then she started mocking the bowing and mocking the karate right, and right. kung fu but then by the end of the match she lost clean and she she showed that respect again and Baby faced herself. Handshake of honor. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, I thought this was pretty fun. I, I want to see more. I would have liked... I, I couldn't choose who I wanted to see more of out of this one. But uh, I, I think now I, Zia Lee uh, yeah. was the, is the one. Um, the the karate, the whole... Just the... Coming from China is different as well. So it just automatically adds something to yeah. it. Um, not saying there's anything wrong with well, Chinatown. We see a lot of... Uh... We see a lot from Japan. We don't yeah, see a that's great what I deal mean. from like, China. And China has such a huge background in in martial arts yes. that it's surprising wrestling doesn't see... There doesn't seem to be that well, many. Like, like we had Ho Ho Loon. I was <laughs> going to say, Ho Ho Loon is, is a legend. Uh, so, uh, we'll see. Um, this was fun, yeah. Uh, we have one more match here. Oh, we forgot to mention that Mr. and Mrs. Johnny Wrestling were in the audience here. Seeming happy... It was lovely seeing Johnny smile again. It's clearly taped way before uh, <laughs> his champer was champion. He's <laughs> had his life ruined. Um, so, final match of the night, we have Alison Kay from Detroit um, against 
Mia Yim, the Blasian baddie from California, but representing South Korea. Now, these two ladies have a lot of history. I think they, did they say they met 12 years ago? Wow. Or they've been wrestling for about that time, and Mia Yim once broke her nose in a match. Yes, they um, showed the clips of this. So, Alison K wants uh, revenge. She's Alison K she, is mad. She was like, I'm going to give you a receipt for that. Um, Both of them have been in TNA, Impact Wrestling, for yeah. quite a while. Um, I've watched lots of their stuff. I'm very familiar with Sienna the Savage was her name. Sienna, right. uh, Allison K, AK-47, if you will. I think that she used that in, in more on the indies and like Shimmer and stuff. But she was Sienna in uh, uh, TNA. And she was like a heel there. Uh, I was more so uh, a fan of, of Mia Yim, which I believe they called her Jade. Jade. Yeah, which I wasn't a fan of the name as as much as Mia Yim. Mia Yim's cool. Um, but I, I've seen them wrestle quite a few times in TNA. And you know what? They were pretty, they're pretty good stuff. Especially, I'm remembering Mia Yim versus Rosemary from Impact Wrestling maybe a year or two ago. It was like a hardcore match or something. It was fucking insane. Yeah. Uh, like, I remember working uh, at the, like the at Fight Network and we, you know, we would air TNA and like that match got passed around quite often because people were like what these these two girls went out and killed each other uh so check that out if you're a fan of Mia Yim well, I, I've mentioned a couple of times I saw Mia Yim in the Smash show against oh, Matt right, Riddle yeah. which like Smash is a, Wrestling shares that, that all the time that, yeah. that stole the show completely for sure yeah Mia um, Yim so go. check out that she's been my pick from the beginning like nice. I was just so blown away by that match um, yeah. I really want to see her do well I found it odd because Looking at the video packages they had, I felt both felt quite heelish. I felt Mia yeah, Yim's yeah. seemed heelish. She was like, yeah, I'll break that nose again. But then when she came out, she was a total baby, baby face. They said that she's actually a survivor of domestic abuse. Yes, and is a, now the, involved with offering support to survivors. Yeah, I mean, if you watched, uh, she was in it last year as well, right? Mm. Mia Yim. Uh, she went more into depth about it then, but there's uh, uh, the show The Wrestlers, I believe, which is the Vice show, and I think Damien Abraham is involved in that. Uh, shout out Damien! Um, and she, like, if you watch this documentary, it shows her and Shimmer and, and some women's uh, ladies of wrestling and all that stuff, and she goes in depth about it. And right. It's pretty pretty interesting, um, and she still has the uh, the nail polish on her, I believe, ring finger there that uh, signifies like she's a survivor and stuff oh, like okay. that yeah it's a whole it's a whole thing um which plays really good into the character and i'm glad they kind of like they mentioned it and then they said but she's here to like yeah do because she didn't win last year and she's here to kind of win that yeah there's a it's a reoccurring story here a, a lot of women in this that are here to make it again it's kind of yeah a lot of redemption stories yeah. like People trying to prove themselves from the previous Again, year. Yeah, and uh, Shelton Benjamin, who is like her best friend, they say, uh, is like her older brother, is here in the, the front row here yeah. watching this match as well with Sonya Deville. Yeah, who's just here to watch Who, again, game. Michael Cole seemed to absolutely love. He was like, she's the best woman in wrestling. Um, she, she could so be one day. I don't clearly know. <laughs> a very nice person. Um, Mia Yim comes out to some like trap music, which is a banger. Way better than EC3's theme. This is an actual <laughs> banger. It slaps hard. Um, yeah, uh, this this was fun. I'm not super sold on um, Sienna the Savage. Um, she she calls herself that, and she has a cool look. The hair, the different colored, like the yeah. Looks. I wasn't really into it. Looks. She uh, she just I she 
she comes off more of a character than the actual wrestling. Like uh, yeah. some of her stuff, I, um, I've seen her, I believe, wrestle in the independents here in Toronto a, a few times as well. I mean, she's just across uh, from Detroit there. Um, I just I remember there was Twitter heat because she comes out with like peacock things. And she was the one that was dissing Charlotte, saying that Charlotte stole right, her, okay. her, uh, her outfits and stuff. Which I'm like, uh, it's like when I, if, a, if a wrestler comes out in black boots, you're like, hey, yeah. uh, you shouldn't be wearing those black I mean, boots. We all know Dalton Carson started that anyway. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah, uh, the peacock. Um, which I just was like, you're, it, maybe that's why... You didn't win this match. Mm. You went after the queen of women's <laughs> wrestling right now in WWE. Just saying. Um, but this was a lot of fun as well. Um, there's like a, a Mia Yim with this like kick off the apron, like a, a penalty kick kind of style move. Um, there's AK with the the pounce shoulder tackle in the ring. Uh, Mia Yim hits a suicide dive and then goes for a chop on the outside. But Allison K ducks. And Mia Yim chops the shit out of the ring post. You hear this smack. Oh, yeah, um, I it like, painful. and they replayed this a lot. I don't know how you fake you do that. It, you just smack. I mean, the um, uh, Trent Seven does this spot quite a lot. Yes, yes. And yeah, it it looked painful, and every time the sound was so loud, it it looked bad. Yeah, I mean, she just slapped the actual ring post, which very very that. Gotta fucking hurt. Um, they go back in the ring, and now the two are just going back and forth and back and forth. Series of strikes. They're playing it off as a very even battle because they do know each other so well. Keep your friends close and your enemies closer is repeated by the commentary team. Uh, Allison K goes for the AK-47, which is like a lift-up, almost kind of dominator, dominator style move, but is countered. Into a sunset flip power bomb by Mia Yim for a two count. Then she goes for what they they told us in the video package that she has a move called the Big, Big D. D. They named a move after me, and it's basically the same. <laughs> it's not the sliding D. It's basically the sliding D. This is a standing lariat, though. Doesn't she slide? Oh no, no, it's a discus. You're right. Sorry, I've lost my notes. My computer's dead. I'm in mourning. Uh, no, it's yeah, it's a discus. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. So they call it the Big D. Um, I'm not joking. That's the name of the move. Um, but she hits it on Mia Yim, but she doesn't cover her in time. They're both like knocked down, and then she does finally go on top of Mia to get the pin. But Mia Yim kicks out, and then they get up. They're brawling and fighting. They go to the top rope, and Allison trying to like superplex her, but she can't quite get it. She gets kicked off, and this is where Mia Yim hits the Soul Food. For the win, many of you will know that move, also known as the Eat Defeat. Gail Kim used to use that quite often, which could be a, a little uh, nod to her. I think from, so, yeah. From her time in Impact, I, I'm sure they uh, knew each other quite well as well. And Mia Yim, Eat Defeat, Soul Food, if you're a Chuck E. T. fan, pins Allison K. and Mia Yim goes on in the May Young Classic. I thought this was was fun as well. I, I did. I, I really enjoyed this week's show. I think... Um, the last couple of weeks we've had um we've had some very uh green people sure um we've also had a lot of the kind of david versus goliath stories right. um i thought this week it was a lot more personal stories um 
a lot better matched up size-wise and uh, styles-wise, and a lot more just hard-hitting, uh, especially those last at uh, the Ginny Tony Storm match yeah. and the last match. I I like seeing people just strike and pummel each other. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I don't watch wrestling for headlocks either. I like yeah. to see some 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 fighting. So uh, I thought this was fun. I think the right ones went through. I agree uh, on this this round of the tournament. Uh, I mean, that means we get to eventually see. Like, I'm looking at the brackets, trying to see what some of the matches that we will get. And... Yeah. So we know now the next round is going to be uh, Mia Yim versus Caitlin, uh, which should be good because both are a strong, like slightly bigger, athletic girls. Um, I I would like to see Mia Yim win that. I think they're going to keep going with the Caitlyn story, though. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got Miko Satomura versus Mercedes Martinez. Uh, both veterans. Uh, Satomura really impressed me. In, I think Satomura needs one. to go through. I think yeah. she'll go through. I think this match should be fantastic. Uh, got Rhea Ripley versus Casey Cantanzaro. And uh, Diona Perazzo versus Zia, Zia Lee. So yeah, we, I mean, there's still some. We uh, still got some r- round one. Yeah, to yeah. Go like, probably. Is it one more week or two I more think weeks? So yeah, there could be one or two. So um, uh, just trying not to read ahead. But, yeah. but uh, apparently, Mia Yim's been signed by WWE now. Yes, as well. Yes, apparently after this, uh, there's a whole like sign Mia Yim thing. It was kind of like later, like what happened with Cedric. Yeah, I yeah, it happens. Later. So, uh, which is great. I, I'm, she has been in TNA as Jade. Yeah, she was like in the part of the Dollhouse, which I was a fan of. And then she did show up in NXT for a few dark matches, or maybe just one or two, a few years ago, right. like years ago. So uh, she has been here, but now that she's signed, that definitely makes things. I think she could go pretty far. Uh, she's got a good look, and she actually seems like she just. I don't know some some wrestlers, and this goes for men and women. Like, oh, I'm athletic. I have a good look. I'm good looking. Maybe I'm charismatic. I deserve to be the best. I'm uh, instantly. I'm the best. Like, I don't. I don't yeah. really give a fuck. I'm just like I'm in here to make some money and be famous. I think Mia Yim seems someone who's like, yeah, I can do all these things, and I do look good doing it. Mm. But I actually give a shit. I actually like. Doing this, I'm doing yeah. it because it's it, it's what I want to do. It's what I love to do. I love everything about it. It just you can kind of like see that I think in some wrestlers, and yeah, I see completely. it completely. So I'm happy she has signed. I would like to see her in NXT very very soon after this. Then, uh, if she does not uh, win this round, but let's go to our uh, our our feedback. Yeah, do you have it open? Uh, I do not because I don't have a computer. I'm trying <laughs> <laughs> rip. Um, no, I'm trying to get it on my phone. I can read off yours. Um, we go back to Jake from the Windy City, who commented earlier about NXT, but now he has something to say about Mae Young Classic. When I see Tony Storm, I see glimpses of mid-90s Shawn Michaels in her. That lady has a ton of high-level charisma, a unique character, a superb worker, and is unbelievably gorgeous. This is what the complete package is all about. She should be the top woman at NXT UK. Wow. Um, Jake from the Windy City in Chicago, you are completely right. I was trying to figure out what, what it is that Tony Storm kind of reminded me of. And you know what? I will say she is like Shawn Michaels. Like She's got the glasses and the stare and the like smug look like I'm a badass and I know I'm cool. But she also gets it done. Yeah, and she is very, very gorgeous. I think, um, I think she's... 
going all the way to the top, definitely. Uh, I, I agree with you, Jake. Uh, do you have it open? Uh, I do. So we've got uh, Carlos from Stormy, uh, from Stormy Scotland. I just love Caitlin. She is my sane. <laughs> I like how that's a thing now. Yes. Uh, great to see her back. Tony Storm doesn't need to be in this as she is already a star and a main fixture on the soon-to-air UK NXT. I hope Mia Yim goes far as I do enjoy watching her and her match with Kay was fun. Cheers, guys, and thanks, Davey, for the time check. Uh, yeah, I mean, Mia Yim, I think, will go far in, in the WWE, and or he means here in the, the tournament, but I would like to see her go far in, in WWE as well, um, just because I think she deserves it. Um, and Tony Storm doesn't need to be in this, but Tony Storm should be in this, and Tony Storm adds that star power, um, because, like, there's a lot of people who, like, is Caitlyn star power? Sure, because you've seen her before, right? Whereas like a, a Sadamaro, I can't even say her name because I don't even I'm not super familiar with her. Mm. But then I watched one match of her and like looked her up a little bit and I was like, holy shit, this woman is amazing. Yeah, instantly made it star power to me because now I want to see more of her. Whereas Caitlyn to me is like, ah, uh, yeah, I know who you were, but what have you done for me lately? Yeah. So this is that. Um, Tony Storm is pretty been pretty popular on the indie scene uh, for the past, I don't know, two years. So maybe that is the star power. I think she should go all the way. In fact, that should probably be the, the last, the main two should be Miko and uh, Tony Storm, in my opinion. But I mean, you could also have the, the feel-good story of Mia Yim winning as well. Again, we don't read ahead, but um, any of those would be like my prediction. I, I would feel out of those just because my selfish reasons, but... Uh, yeah, the tournament's shaping up pretty cool. It's pretty interesting. Yeah, uh, I, I am in, way more enjoying this one than last year's, simply just because uh, they, they're treating it a little bit differently, a little bit more better. And 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 the the final match will be at that Evolution card, so so it feel like a big deal. Yeah, I and feel like get it does. Eyes on it, which is great. Yes, definitely. Uh, I think they'll continue the May Young Classic uh, for years to come. I as think well, so. so. Uh, yeah, so that is us. Uh, if forum.postwrestling.com is where you can post your feedback every week for Up Next and for Forever Young while we continue to do this show. Uh, what else do we have to say before we go? Um, um, pray for my laptop. Pray for David's laptop. <laughs> um, uh, eat your vitamins, say your prayers, all that shit. Um, find us, postwrestling.com. Uh, post wrestling on the iTunes feed up next on iTunes Stitcher wherever you get your podcasts give us a rating give us a review uh, Twitter you can find us at the Bray D and at Davey Portman also on Instagram as well same handles um, and you can listen to us every Thursday we'll be back next Thursday hopefully with our, our friend uh, Dahlia Black and uh, we can chat about some more Mae Young, chat about some more NXT. And uh, yeah, cool. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Ahoy! Whether it's Kroger Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Kroger has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy 5 or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Kroger, fresh for everyone. 
You're a holiday powerhouse. You host the dinners, shovel neighbors, sidewalks, and make everything from scratch. You definitely don't need help making the holidays happen. But Dunkin's Holiday Blend Coffee? A warming medium roast complete with sweet notes of dried fruit and molasses. Or a cranberry orange muffin made with real cranberries just might convince you a little help never hurt. Especially the hot caffeinated kind. America runs on Dunkin'. Present participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply.